on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm your host, Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, the show starts with genre-related news. Resident Alien has been renewed for a second season on Sci-Fi, this ahead of its season one finale on March 31st. The show is adapted from the Dark Horse comic book by Peter Hogan and Stephen Parkhouse. It stars Alan Tudyk, Sarah Tomko, Corey Reynolds, Alice Wetterlund, and Levi Filer. Resident Alien tells the story of Harry, an extraterrestrial with a mission to exterminate all human life. He crash lands on Earth and disguises himself as a small town doctor who is solicited to solve a local murder, finally determining to assimilate to a human lifestyle. Cultural icon William Shatner celebrated his 90th birthday this week on March 22nd. The Canadian-born actor is best known for his portrayal of Captain James T. Kirk on Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek. Shatner also used his birthday to announce his partnership with StoryFile. He will be the first person to use the company's technology to create an interactive, conversational AI-powered video to preserve his memory. The video will allow his family and friends to interact with Shatner in the future. StoryFile co-founder and CEO Heather Miles Smith said, Generations in the future will be able to have a conversation with him. Not an avatar, not a deep fake, but with the real William Shatner answering their questions about his life and work. StoryFile is set to launch in June 2021. Disney Plus announced that The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the streaming service's most-watched series premiere during its opening weekend, exceeding the series premieres for The Mandalorian and WandaVision. The series was also the most-watched title overall on Disney Plus Worldwide. Disney did not provide any viewership totals. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier dropped last Friday for a six-episode run. It was announced this week that Irish actor Pierce Brosnan has been cast as Dr. Fate in the upcoming Black Adam, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the title role. Brosnan is known for being one of only a handful of actors to portray British secret agent James Bond, 007. He joins a cast that includes Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher, and Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone. Black Adam is the second New Line DC film following 2019 Shazam. Production is expected to begin next month. On Wednesday, a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launched a new batch of 60 Starlink internet satellites into orbit. There are now more than 1,300 of the Starlink satellites in orbit around the Earth. SpaceX is nearing its initial goal of 1,440 for the satellite constellation, 
which will provide users across the globe with internet coverage. In particular, those in rural and remote areas who otherwise would not have connectivity. Starlink is currently in beta testing while SpaceX completes its initial constellation of satellites. But users in the US, Canada, the UK, Germany and New Zealand can access the service. And SpaceX is accepting pre-orders for when it rolls out full commercial services, which is estimated to be later this year. Wednesday's launch also marked another successful rocket landing at sea for the reusable Falcon 9. Marvel has entered into an exclusive multi-year deal with Penguin Random House's distribution arm to deliver its comic books, trade collections, and graphic novels to the direct market beginning on October 1. Marvel will continue to partner with Hatchet Book Group for distribution of its trade collections and graphic novels to the book trade market. Of course, since 1997, Diamond Comics Distributors has been the primary distributor of comics to direct market comic book stores. And retailers can still order their Marvel comics through Diamond, although Diamond will be acting as a wholesaler to the direct market, ordering Marvel products through Penguin Random House. More on this story as it develops. Now it's time to introduce our panel. Today we're talking about the long-anticipated release of Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. Joining me today are, hey, we've got stalwart panel of regulars, Shireen Nicole, Roberto Ortiz, and Julian Lytle. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank Hello. You. Thank yeah. you. So, of course, today we are talking about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And I just want to begin by saying that I had uh, basically spoken ill of this particular version of this film uh, ever since I first heard people uh, with that battle cry, I'm going to refer to it as, release the Snyder Cut, as if this yeah. thing was somehow sitting around gathering dust and only needed to be set free in order to see the light of day. And I had to explain to people constantly that what you're asking for doesn't actually exist. And um, it also makes me, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. But yes, release the Snyder Cut. Well, in response to the clamoring of the fans, the Snyder Cut has actually finally been released. And That's what is... they want you to think. <laughs> well, okay. So let's actually start there, Shireen, because what I always wondered was, uh, particularly since Zack Snyder went back and was given the money and the resources to be able to finish the film and realize his vision for what this movie was, uh, is the likelihood that he did something different now than he would have done uh, three years ago when he yeah. was initially working on it. Mm -hmm. He changed the tone. He changed the he, he did a lot of changing the tone. He did change some of the nightmare scape and, and yeah. things like that. Uh, yeah, he he made some changes. They would. I I think that uh, that that the powers that be in in the DC Warner Brothers AT and T universe wanted to start redeeming these heroes. They didn't want to be presented with miserable bastards anymore. And I think that they used the myth of the Snyder Cut as an opportunity to kind of press reset. 
So mm-hmm. even though there was a lot of things that we already know that Snyder wanted to do, uh, it, it <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I we 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 got to talk about secret babies and side pieces. Oh but anyway, <laughs> um, we'll get there. Yeah, but but and so they, I think it's brilliant. I, I mean, I don't think the movie's brilliant. I think the move is brilliant, right? Because in four hours. You basically you basically have your Avengers movies in four hours. You reset your universe using stuff that was a lot of stuff that was already there, tinkering with some other stuff, and now you're ready to go where you've begun to redeem your heroes. You know, you've begun to redeem Batman. Um, You've begun to make Superman who he's supposed to be. You've got a viable cyborg. You know, um, and you've got a, a Wonder Woman that is that's pretty on the money now the other women they, they didn't stand a chance uh but yeah you know there you have it mm-hmm. well you know, let me ask watching, you this i, I, well, was, uh, I kept r- watching, cheering, watching wonder woman kicking ass and i was thinking i bet cheering right now is screaming bloody murder uh in terms of <laughs> i kept thinking that so it's like wow oh uh friendly warning to our listeners there may be spoilers so just watch out if you have not uh, set aside the four hours to watch this film uh just be wary because we're we're likely going to be talking about it and in fact uh part of the reason i mentioned that is because i was very struck uh in in well at towards the end of the film because it isn't actually the end of the film but when the justice league sends steppenwolf back to apocalypse uh that sort of that last little kiss that wonder woman gave him <laughs> before uh, he goes through the boom tube <laughs> we're not gonna talk about like what she oh did. we can we can absolutely talk because about what she did wonder woman acts with impunity <laughs> she fears very, not son she very is decisively yes take your head and she has always been the most likely to take your head um and and that's the beauty of the of the the kind of DC trifecta, right? You get <laughs> Wonder Woman. Um, well, Wonder Woman is like that 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 balance of justice. And I do yep. think, and Julian said this. Julian said to me that you know Snyder understands Wonder Woman quite well, surprisingly well. And I do think that he understands. I agree with Julian that he understands Wonder Woman better than Patty Jenkins. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't get Superman. Yeah, that that yeah that yeah that 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 that's it. That well 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 that agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, wait. Actually, this is this is good because um, I was I I like the balance of justice thing, but uh, the heroic journey, and I think that what uh, at least part of what I saw in this was that Zack Snyder has a pretty good understanding of Superman. It's just he wanted to get him to a certain point. And <laughs> what 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 he what he's been doing is he's been taking that character on a heroic journey. Oh yeah, and it, it, it didn't it didn't start out exactly where uh, Superman was, uh, but maybe in terms of where he ends up, we we actually see that Zack Snyder has a better understanding of the character than we imagined. And hey, you, that, you, yeah. you know what, and you know how I know that's wrong. Point blank. When he put the suit on, and the first voice he heard was Jorel, and Jorel kept basically talking nonsense of, "Oh, you're special." Wait, 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 wait. How is that different from what 
Because Donna did. Oh, it's different. It's different. No. Mm, I always had an issue with the Jorel being so important versus Pa, but yeah, that's a that's problem. that's not. I'm oh, not blaming him. I'll, I'll give for you that. Things he's influenced by. I'll give you that, Julian. It's, it's like, I agree with you, but the problem is basically is that once you make Jorel the most important figure in terms of the upbringing of Superman, in terms of who he is as a person, you start going off rails in terms of the presentation of the character. You make him into a Jesus metaphor when he's more of a Moses metaphor. And Alberto, that is literally post-crisis Superman. Blame See, Burn for that. That is not his fault. I, I agree with Roberto more because I think this is a very clever retcon. And they swerved. And it's a good swerve. Zack Snyder does not believe in the heroic journey. He certainly didn't until... He started to work on this film. So you see some drastic differences in tone and the intent of the characters. And I think that that comes from probably some, from, from some conversations where, where you see that he's starting to see that you could, because you see the cyborg journey, right? The, the cyborg journey is the classic yeah. hero journey, right? Um, and and what you had with what Snyder was initially doing, and, it's, and we know this because it's his whole career, is dismantling the concept of a hero. This is his first time bringing the concept of a hero together. I get what Yuli's saying because he goes through the 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 journey begins, the other journey he dies, and then he, he, he returns by the end of the story. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it's the Joseph Campbell thing. Like, it's literally... And you see the heart of darkness, yeah, of course. But what I'm saying is... It wasn't originally intended. I'm not suggesting that a heroic journey does not take place. I'm suggesting that it wasn't the original intent. But I think Ulysses is being even more basic than that. Like, literally, Superman was always going to die in the second movie and come back in the third movie. Like, super literally, die, come back. Mm -hmm. So I think that was always there. Now, there's certain differences on how the tone and the way the character acts and all that but in the end he died in the second movie he returns in the third movie and saves everybody essentially he's the yeah. the key and so like well, that was that was always Ju- going to happen or deuses julian let me ask you this so uh because you didn't necessarily think that roberto was spot on when he said and he said this quite a bit uh, about um, Zack Snyder not understanding Superman at all. Why Why did you feel like that? Because I say this as a person that literally hates Man of Steel. Like, y'all wasn't in that screening when I when I said <laughs> F this movie loud enough for the entire film <laughs> and the Allied reps and the secret Warner Brothers reps was there. Like, oh, I still yeah. low-key want to fight Zack Snyder over that movie. You Real should. talk. That being yeah. said, to me, once I got to Batman versus Superman, and even to this, for, to me, he is very much influenced by the triangle era Superman that people don't want to talk about no more. Mm-hmm. Like they forgot that was Superman. Mm-hmm. Like clearly, the death of Return of Superman was pretty impactful to him, Chris Terrio, Jeff Johns, and everybody else in that room, because that's all. That's what I see Superman's art is. He came back. I got my black suit, y'all. 
You don't understand. Mm, they lied to yeah. me. They lied to me. And I was like, I just want the black suit and the mullet. You didn't get the mullet. I'm I sorry. I didn't get the mullet. Sorry, they they didn't the let them do the mullet. They didn't let them do the mullet. But I was, I almost there. But it's just, I think by the time you get to the, to the end of this movie, he decided to do a long form version, a modernist, uh, whatever you believe, libertarian influenced <laughs> take Randy. on Superman. Uh, well, I said libertarian because you know it's still some libertarian yeah. ideas in there. Um, oh, and to yeah. me, the 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 Jesus allegory. Oh gosh, the Jesus allegory oh, is not something I'm never going to just pin on him. Like it's it's in it's in Wade's work in comics. It's in Loeb's work. It's uh, it's in a lot of it's in Johnson's work. I don't work. think he's as guilty of the Jesus thing as others. Actually, it's 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 a the it's Messiah singer, thing. It's sure in it. that Richard Donner movie. But that's the thing. It, it it shifted from yeah, like old original Superman is Moses. It but is. I've been saying that, that for years. It's Moses. Separate Superman from when you put him in more. You know, Christian raise or Christianity create his hands. They start dealing with things like Messiah complexes, failed Messiah, failed Jesus tropes. Like that's a that's a thing, and there's a lot on record with certain people putting that stuff in the Superman versus the more tied to the Jewish tradition of he's Moses. Thank you. So yeah. like it's there, but it's not like. Like I'm not saying, oh man, it's like, yo, you watch Smallville, it got some Jesus stuff in it. They're like, they spent like a whole season dealing with that. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle and Roberto Ortiz and Shireen Nicole. And we are talking about uh, the new Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Let me ask each of you, and then Shireen, I'll start with you. Um, did you like it? Did I like what? That Justice League. That yeah, they yeah. My life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, when you put it like that, <laughs> yes. Did you like that four hours that they shaved off your life <laughs> that you, know, you could never get back? You know that scene in prison where Barry, I'm sorry, Bart Wally, where Bart Wally is talking mm-hmm. to Harry Allen. And and Harry says to him, I am a drain on your life. Y'all remember that scene? <laughs> I, I remember that. <laughs> I thought the movie was talking to me. <laughs> I, listen, the whole movie is tedious and self-indulgent, right? So there are, there are moments that I enjoy, but there are real problems with the heroics. It is a very self-indulgent movie. If, if, if Zack Snyder had hit me with one more slow-mo scene, listen, one more <laughs> slow-mo scene, and I'd have booked a ticket to his house. It'd have been knock, 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 knock. Listen, take this back. Take, take, take this back. N- not great. Not great. Okay, so so you didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it, but I appreciate what it does for the DCEU. Okay, all right. Uh, Roberto, did you like it? Okay, up to the epilogue. <laughs> Before the epilogue, I was like, okay, this is like a Jim Lee comic book. I'm okay. I can survive this. Okay, this is not bad. 
Then the epilogue hit me like a two by four in the face. I mean, the whole thing with the Joker, uh, it, uh, we live in a society kind of we nonsense. Society. Oh my God, what a edge lord nonsense. Why is like, that edge? Like, why is that edge? Why? Why? why it, I don't under. I don't understand <laughs> the hate. I just don't get it. I sit back. I was like, yo, that was death metal. Literally. <laughs> that was death metal. Like, literally. I call him Chaos Messiah Joker. You did say that. Yep. Chaos Messiah Joker's hard. Pause. You know what I'm saying? That's... Uh, I don't know. I, so, I, Roberto, I, you, you you didn't like it. No, he no, clearly I, hated I, it. it, it oh, he hated it. No, 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 I wouldn't say that. I would say compared to the um, the previous version, this one, I could see it again and be okay. Uh, do I hate some story beats? Yeah. Um, do I hate, for example, the concept that the superheroes are presented like gods on earth and that people literally take their shirts off and smell them and sing to them when they go into the ocean? Yeah. I do hate crap like that because it's self-indulgent. Do I hate the fact that there were scenes that needed, had no reason to last like 10 minutes of slow motion just to show me a character running? It's like, why are you doing this self-indulgent crap? I mean, did you always intend to have a four-hour movie? Because no. What? Well, that's the thing. I'm thinking as somebody who understands a little bit about filmmaking and it's like, how the hell you didn't expect that this movie will be called to hell? <laughs> so I, I can't tell whether you liked it or not. <laughs> I mean, you've said a lot. <laughs> Julian, Julian, what, what about you? <laughs> did you like it? <laughs> Actually, I did. I was, it was entertaining. It was, it was, it was a lot better than the, than the first version we got. And I think he wrapped up what he was doing in the, in the la the movie before it. And you know he he tried to fix some stuff with his with Superman from the first movie, but yo I hate that movie. But no, <laughs> I enjoy I I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, some of these things I think is actually explained in the movie, and also some of this stuff is referencing direct comics that maybe people just don't like, so they want to just ignore it. But it ain't that far off. Like I'm no, I don't like everything that when people use the fourth world. I'm pretty public about that, mm -hmm. but I'm just like, is it's not, it's I don't own it, so it's not up to me to say like, yo, you can't, you don't, you can't use what blah 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 wrote back in 2007 or back in 2012. Like nah, like hey, it's up for grabs. Whatever influences this, it is what it is. Like I, it, yeah, I'm at, I'm to the point where it's just like I'm exhausted at the comment. Like like it or not, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I just want to almost enjoy it silently in my own home, and and let me go back to just publicly trashing <laughs> Avengers movies, <laughs> being sitcom episodes. And everybody's okay with that all the time, and they take nothing seriously. There's no stakes. But it's all good because each movie makes two billion dollars. All right. Yeah. Well, the, 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 there certainly is uh, one set of standards for evaluating DC movies, and a completely different set of standards 
for evaluating Marvel movies. But you know I, I tell you what, I what? I don't think that's true. You know what I think it is. I think that th- despite the flaws in both sets of films, what happens with the Marvel movies is one very simple thing. When the movie ends, most of the time, it's satisfying for most people, not everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's satisfying, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. A right. lot of what happens with DC movies is they are dissatisfying for most mm-hmm. people. Again, mm-hmm. not for everybody. It's purely emotional, right? Because I know that there's a lot of problems with the Marvel films. And I and, and everybody also knows that I prefer DC characters, and I always have, right? But when I finish a Marvel movie, despite its flaws, I feel, you know, I feel like I had a good adventure. I, I, I don't disagree with you, but... I still, you know, there are beats in some of these movies. There are plot holes. There's other stuff that oh, yeah. I, that I still recognize, even mm-hmm. though at the conclusion of the picture, uh, it, it's a more satisfying, generally a more satisfying experience. In the defense of Justice League, I found that the best arc uh, act in this movie was the third act. I mean, once they attacked, it was on all cylinders. It's like, wow, this is very impressive. And you really... know what else is good? The team building. Yeah. That was something that I feel like they really got right was this team building. Yeah. And also when when they had Batman say he had faith. That was yeah. a huge turning point, which I felt was very, very good, which is why I tell people that I'm okay with this movie. I'm actually yeah. okay with it, which is shocking for a lot of folk. Well, look, I, 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 I liked it overall. I, I liked it way better, and I liked the first one, but I just loved the Justice League of America. I, that, to me, mm-hmm. is the premier superhero team, you know, and, and frankly, yeah, these guys are gods among men. I mean, uh-uh. people, don't necessar- people don't necessarily need to react to them a certain way, but they are titans, the, the DC characters. I mean, they're larger than life. They're up on pedestals. I mean, you know, these guys... Are the, these are the heroes that people aspire to being, that inspire people to greatness, you know? My only issue was that it was really long. Uh, I, I felt that uh, <laughs> filling in some of the blanks that had been left on the cutting room floor with some of these characters, particularly with Cyborg. I mean, Cyborg was like a two-dimensional character caricature in the first movie as compared to what they did with this one the flash had a lot more to do but cyborg was like the emotional heart of this movie the way that he was presented and and i really liked that and you know they kind of let wonder woman go a little bit i mean i thought shireen that uh point that you made about batman how he said he had faith that was important i mean there was just there was so much more to all of these characters that fleshed them out and made them more relatable in this movie than in the first one. I mean, I and I, I also, I think, Shireen, you were the one who said, I don't know how he thought that he was going to do a movie that, you know, that was going to be any shorter. and Or what he thought was going to happen when the editor got to it. I mean, I no. guess it was made for the director's cut or something. But, you know, overall... I really like this movie, and I was liking it from Act One. I mean, the way they had stuff arranged versus the way they had it in the first movie. I was just, I was liking this from the first couple of minutes 
all the way through, even though I thought that, you know, the, the finale, you know, was ultimately a, a little weak. But that musical cue means that we've reached the end of the first half of the show. Of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. You can find out how you can support this wonderful institution of community radio by visiting the website at WERA.FM or the website of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at arlingtonmedia.org. And all of your gifts are tax deductible. So uh, what we're going to do is step aside for a moment while we acknowledge our underwriters and sponsors and while we promote some of the other fine offerings of WERA. But don't touch that dial because Shireen and Roberto and Julian and I will be right back right after this. And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole and Julian Lytle and Roberto Ortiz. We are talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which just dropped on HBO Max last week it's four hours long uh you need to well i shouldn't say that you, whether you choose to invest the time to watch it or not uh that's up to you i think it's a highly superior offering to the uh, original version of the film that was released several years ago uh but um you know we're gonna find out what everybody else thinks and beware if you have not seen it because there may be spoilers so uh roberto when we took the break, there was a point that you wanted to make. Go for it. Uh, I cannot understate this. Ben Affleck did a decent job as Bruce Wayne Batman. He was a good Batman. Um, do I think he's the best Batman? No, that would be Michael Keaton. But, uh, but I really, Adam West. Adam West. Adam West, Michael Keaton. They're def- either each either of them are definite Batman. Um, but I think he he did way better than I expected. Do I think that basically, uh, do I feel bad cheated that there's not going to be another movie only by him being Batman? Funny enough, I don't. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with basically seeing somebody else doing it. Um, but I, the movie's not bad. It's movie is competently made. It has some indulgence, self-indulgence moments that I wish somebody would have you know, pull back and the storytelling if you actually step up, step back and look at it is very simple and straightforward. It's just basically a, a quest, a stone quest, basically. Let's search for the mother boxes and get them and that's it. Um, and I, one thing I didn't like, and I'm going to go back to this, is the fact that I really didn't like what they did with Lois Lane in this version of the story. Um, the only scene that I really felt that when I was watching the movie that I felt like I was watching uh, Clark Kent, Superman, is when he came back to life and he is with Lois in, in, in Smallville and I wish I'd seen more of that from the Snyder, previous version of Superman from Snyder. And I, I hated the fact that it took this movie to show me that. and I, But I hated the fact also that I still... 
the character of Lois was still just drawn with very broad strokes. Oh, she loves Clark Kent a lot. Uh, loves Superman a lot. But I didn't... I don't know. I didn't feel the... the how I describe it, Shireen, like the Margaret Keeter version of Superman, of, of Lois Lane, the one that's on the current TV show, you know, that... Right. that she, she wasn't a character all her own. No, the, no she wasn't. The women... Yes. The, the women in Zack Snyder's Justice League, for the most part, other than Wonder Woman, are what I call 1950s Frigidaire salespersons. They are yes. refrigerated wholly, right? They don't have anything to do but be the impetus for male stories. And mm -hmm. that's a real problem when you have a character that's as rich and robust as Lois Lane. So I do, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, they like she just was weepy, and it's a it's a real yeah. problem that DC has where women have to be super duper weepy. I mean, you see that in Wonder Woman eighty four. Um, you see that here with Lois, and, and Lois has there was so much more Lois could have done, right? And and, and yeah. so much so much richness there. They do the same thing with Ma Kent, you know, uh, just like flatten her all the way out. With Iris West, we're really happy that we get Iris West black back, especially Black Iris West, which which makes sure that Iris is black on all platforms. But she is just even in the she doesn't really even participate in her own meet cute, right? It's cute, but she's not a participant. She's a, a almost like a, a doll in that in that meet cute and that's something they really are going to need to work on as they begin to make these other films i agree yeah all these female characters existed in service uh to the patriarchy essentially and i i, I think it was uh, particularly egregious when it comes to lois lane because i've, I've always said that lois lane was one of the earliest so-called liberated women in fiction. I mean, you know, yeah. I remember those 1938 Max and Dave Fleischer cartoons. And here's Lois. Lois was a go for it. She was going after the story. She was she Rosalind Russell. Yeah, you know, flying planes and, mm -hmm. you know, you'll read about it in tomorrow's paper. You know, I mean, this guy was like, this, this chick was no joke. And uh, I, I personally thought that the real Lois Lane would have in response to Superman's death, would have thrown herself into her work with even Thank greater you. vigor. But again, you guys, we're dealing with a storyteller that's very flat. That's why he relies on so much cinematography and so much slow-mo. His storytelling and his understanding of the stories, you see it in his understanding of Watchmen. You look at, you look at Snyder's understanding of Watchmen versus Lindelof's understanding of yes. Watchmen. Yes. Light years, right? I'll, I'll even say parsecs. Ha ha. But, you know, um, and so, you know, that's what we have to recognize with Snyder is that we're going to get a lot of pomp, but not a lot of circumstance. Mm. Well, and on top of that, uh, and I'll echo what you were saying about uh, the use of Lois Lane. But as it turns out, Lois and Bruce had no connection in this film. And that's I, this is a good point, because uh, I'd like to pivot to uh, some of the substantial changes between the theatrical version and this version. And one of those, which honestly I kind of liked, I'm sitting there, I'm watching the movie, and uh, you know, Lois shows up at the site of the ship bringing coffee 
to uh, one of the cops who was stationed there. And I remember in the theatrical version, here's uh, Bruce calling Alfred saying, bring out the big guns, Alfred, you know, and I'm like, oh, wait. She didn't. They didn't call her there. She just happened to be there when he was revived. Oh crap! You know, look at that. You know, so I, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, some some of what we felt were the most substantial changes between the theatrical version and this version. And Julian, you you've been quiet for a couple of seconds. Let's start with you on that. Uh, it's mostly cyborg. Um, that's the biggest uh, overall difference and change. He actually gets a character arc. He gets all his stuff put back in. He's not kind of played as the kid sidekick that they also that Whedon also made the Flash into. Um, and the Flash gets a nice little bonus storyline wise too, and 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 power uses. But everything with Cyborg and and Joe Morton as is Silas Stone uh, was really good. They got full arcs and storylines, and we even got Ryan Choi in the movie. Like it was. It made a lot more sense, and I I really like that interpretation of the character. That also giving Steppenwolf actual motivation. Yes, yes, that, that actually worked. I agree. Mm-hmm. I like that, and actually, I I like. I cannot even going to say this, but I like what he did specifically with the fourth world. I I'm okay specifically with his interpretation of Dark Side. I'm okay with the interpretation of Steppenwolf. I'm okay with that. Um, that apocalypse. was apocalypse. Yeah, everything was very well realized, and I liked it. I'll, I'll throw you one that bothered me. Joss Whedon, I feel, make one right decision, which is the first time Earth got invaded. I think it was a mistake that Dark Side would be leading that invasion. No, I no, think- it works way better. Because the old guys gave him that work. Right, because you had Ares and and Zeus there and, and Artemis. Then- they gave him the work, and he wasn't. He ain't kill his mama yet. <laughs> he ain't kill his mama yet. He ain't, he ain't sire no kids yet. That's why that worked. He had no shirt on. <laughs> Nippleless dark side. Dark side. Just and then I can't lie, y'all. I didn't really look at Granny Goodness right Just because don't. I glanced at her and I thought it was Orion. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no. Wait, I don't even know how you got that. There was no helmet. It looked like a dude to me. I I, I, I can give you that. And plants. I'm I saying say he may look like Vermin the Vunderbar, but I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was right like, as like I told you. It was a glance. And it was right at the end when they were walking behind. So it was at a distance. I didn't catch Granny Goodness the first time. I had missed I must have looked down or maybe I groaned and, and my eyes rolled at the ceiling and I missed her. Uh, but well, it was easy in that 4.43 uh, aspect ratio. There was another, like, and you I know. thought that was just in the screener. I was like, oh, they playing games with the screener. But certainly, when people get this, this will be full. Nope. No, because but, it's IMAX, it's IMAX ratio. Uh-huh. IMAX ratio. Like, yeah, we, we, yeah, Julian, I'm telling you. The, the listeners might not know this, because I've had to school a bunch of people online the oh. last five days. So... It's for IMAX ratio, which is taller than it is wider. It, it, yes, but this was released on HBO Max. <laughs> it's going to be released eventually. You know, know we'll they get have to, this thing called I hope they. And... I don't want no crops. <laughs> you can crop stuff. Listen. Nah. But, 
Nah. Uh-uh. I ain't like that with pan and scan. I ain't like, nah. Put it, If it's a different ratio, put it up there that way. I'm good. I well, can eat. You know, listen, I missed her. That's all I'm going to say. I missed her. I I'm sharing my embarrassment that I didn't know that was Granny Goodness. There's okay? no close-up shot of her. It's not that big. It was Granny Goodness. It was. I just hope that when they do the IMAX release, they have an intermission. You know, because <laughs> it's not reasonable to expect people to sit there for four hours. Folks are going to have to get up and go to the bathroom. And they're going to have to visit the concession stand. And there's a bunch they do of other with Lord of the like Rings. That. They do it with Lord of the Rings. It's three there hours, you go. Though, isn't it? It's Lord not of the Rings. extended three edition is four hours. Four hours? Okay. Mm. Three listen, of the movies. And listen, the I would have been curled up on one of y'all's shoulders, good and sleep for it, that middle portion. That's it. I'd have been mm. like, Ooh, this is a good nap time. <laughs> You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle and Roberto Ortiz and Shireen Nicole. We are talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And uh, we've, uh, we've hit a bunch of other stuff. We're almost out of time. But I do want to find out from each of you, uh, what does this mean for the future of DC movies? I know we talked, we sort of alluded a little bit to some of this in previous conversation, but we haven't just laid it out. And it seems as if uh, now, the most recent stuff I'm hearing, uh, none of what has happened with this movie in terms of the uh, generally positive reaction means that uh, the Snyderverse, so to speak, is going to be reconstituted. This is it. This is, hey, you know, we're, we, we have given you this in response to all your clamoring fan people, and uh, now we're moving it on. We're keeping we're moving on. We're keeping it moving. Uh, but this is the end of Zack Snyder's association with these characters in these films. So what does this mean for the future of uh, DC movies? And uh, uh, Shireen, let's, let's start with you. Well, yeah, you know, I think I said it, so I'll keep it brief. It's basically they've used this as a means to start to to recover their heroes as heroes. And we see all of those little redemptive arcs that kind of pull them back from the miserable bastard zone. And I think that they're going to use this um, going forward as a springboard. And, and and that's why they released it and had some things done to it with the, the money that was given. And I think we'll see those kinds of changes in how heroic the characters are across the board. We already like Shazam a lot, you know, want it to be a little bit more for kids. You know, we didn't need de demons. We like most of y'all like the first Wonder Woman. I'm hoping that we get, even though Patty Jenkins has been announced, I hope that we get somebody new for the third Wonder Woman film. I think it's time. I think it was time for Snyder to hand over the baton to someone new. Um, I think that one thing that they've done is they've opened up the clamor now for the Ayers cut of Suicide Squad. Uh, oh, a cut that actually does exist but that cut exists like that is an actual thing they don't have to throw money at it it is a thing that is done and exists so they've got to deal with that now but I think that it, it, it is a much stronger footing for these characters in this universe and, and where they want to take it alright let me, let me ask you one follow up question because uh, I, as I'm sitting here listening to you uh, and, and particularly thinking about the strategy 
that uh, Warner Brothers and DC are employing here. Uh, will this be successful? I think that they, they're they telling you that they're they're swerving. They're telling you that they're changing their tone a little bit. And I think that they've, they've been, I think that the AT to AT&T, you know, um, you know, delegate from OA has come through and they're like, yo, we want our heroes back, you know? I think that the reason that we get Jared Leto's Joker is so that they have a counterpoint to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. So that they're telling us this is not, this is not the only Joker, right? This is not the, the, the way that this universe is going to go. So it's a new platform. And I think that we'll see more heroic characters, and I think we'll see tighter stories. You know, it's already been said by um, Anne um, Sarnoff that she's moving into position to kind of to kind of play more in these areas and to get more talent in there. And so we'll we'll see where that goes. J- Julian, uh, where do they? Well, what does this mean for the future of these DC movies? For me, I think they, they started this a long time ago when the movie first flopped. Um, to me, this is mostly just to get people to, to subscribe to HBO Max. They're in a competition. The streaming wars has begun. Um, I know people had hope that this could bring certain things back. But after seeing Shazam and Aquaman and Birds of Prey and the fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn, um, to me, they already moved on. Uh I think they also just let you know that we moved on because we have a Supergirl in production. We have the Batman is coming out and we have Suicide Squad and Peacemaker to move this weird, uh, you know, having things work within this the streaming service and in theaters. Uh, yeah, I just think they're just they they're they're doubling down on their original they they tried to dip into the universe thing a little bit and it messed them up and they're going back to what they what they should do which they had success before this mcu thing existed which is we get good people we make sure they don't mess up the character and we let them put out good films it worked they were fine every time dc tries to do something marvel doing it messes up it's just yep. a core of the way the companies work. Every time they try, it messes them up. When they go do their own thing, they go for big. They go. They go a little bit bigger. They bring marquee auteur names. It'll work out if they trust in themselves. They'll be fine. If they, I, I, for me, I hope the Snyder cut, the Snyderverse, it should be done. It should be over. I, I saw what I saw. People need to let it go. It's over. So, Julian, if you say if they if they stick to their plan uh, and they and they try and do something unique, it'll be successful. Did I understand that yes. to be what you were saying? OK. Yes. OK. All right. Uh, Roberto, what about you? What does this mean for the future of the D.C. movies? I think they basically I agree with Julian completely. I, I think what they're going to do is from what I heard is that they're going to use the flash movie to do a flashpoint to clean the slate and basically allow them to tell individual stories not necessarily of the the big seven uh on their own not trying to follow the big marvel formula i agree with you 
they should do what's working for them, which is basically tell individual stories within the the, the DC universe. I believe they're going to do a Satana movie. I believe they're going to be doing the Black Adam movie. Uh, and DC, that's the thing. They have a deep roster of characters uh, that they could do individual stories like that, and it will work. They don't need to be try to be Marvel because them trying to be Marvel kick their butts and it's it's a mistake so i and the problem i think with the the, the sax meyer movies is basically it's i think he he tried to do too much too soon and with too many characters and this more this other approach i think will be will suit better uh uh dc comic characters and this, this is the irony I feel strongly that characters like Superman, for example, work better in the type of medium like television or streaming because it allows you to basically tell more complex stories around them. So um, I think that the future looks better for DC and they, as long as they stay away from toxic fanboys. All the fandoms. So, so. <laughs> All the fandoms. Yeah, but. Yeah, so it seems. But, you know, they've actually now, uh, it, it, the same way that the whole release the Snyder Cut campaign ended up being successful, now it's sort of reinstate the Snyderverse thing. And, you know, many of these uh, fans are trying to lobby DC to get them to let Zack Snyder go ahead and follow that original plan. Hey, uh, just a couple of things that I want to get in here that I didn't uh, have a chance to say earlier. Um, uh, Ryan Choi, Martian Manhunter. I love that stuff. I mean, yeah, it was a little suspect when Martian Manhunter pretended to be um, Ma Kent, but I can let that go (laughs) just because it was so cool seeing Martian Manhunter. And then that scene at the end where Martian, because I thought for all the world it was Superman coming to see Bruce Wayne, but Martian Manhunter dropping in on him yeah that was that was i thought that was a really great scene. And, and ryan Choi, that was just like oh man y'all had some stuff in this movie that you didn't even decide to unfurl i mean he was the, setting up yeah we yeah. we cut that out for as, as a lot of me watching this movie was like all right why did y'all cut what like why did y'all cut <laughs> yeah. that except just to be suspect and just make you look high key racist like yeah. You cut all the people of color stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, what did right. Patty Jenkins well, make this well, movie? Snyder. So, <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> apparently, the one thing that I did read was that Snyder actually cut the, the Iris scene, so we can't we can't blame the supervillain Joss Whedon for that. But I can blame him for Ryan, though. Shoot, man, he had a whole... Yeah. Well, all cyborg because it's all part of cyborg story. And I mm. add something. Apparently, the for all the criticism I have about Snyder, and I have a lot. Uh, apparently, he has a very light set from what I've been hearing. When he runs a movie, people people have fun. Have fun. They, yeah, they mm. like him a lot. Like everyone likes him. Yeah, yeah. nobody gets harassed no. or uh, sexually. Uh, abused or anything so what what happened when Wheaton took over is that the culture in the production went from that to toxic 
uh, on the drop of a hat. And that could have loved this talent with, I mean, I mean, Ben Affleck looked miserable uh, <laughs> talking about the movie. And I, I you can tell why. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because he's also a director that people don't say is a bad director. And he, you know what he did? He won Oscars. He's a strong director. He's a well, strong writer, too. Yeah, he, we hadn't got that. Huh? I would feel that way if I was Ben Affleck, too. It's like, I could do this better. Like, me and Zach was all right. Like, God damn it. Now they people well, hating me. didn't give it to him. I don't get that. Now, you know, Josh Whedon had that reputation. It's like, oh, you made a billion dollars with the Avengers. Let's yeah. bring you in. That's what Warner Brothers does. They're old Hollywood. They oh, wanted, you made they some money to make it, doing yeah. a superhero just, movie? Yeah, that's what names. we do. They exactly. Don't, they don't match things up like, to, yeah. it was to like, the oh. property. They just is like, here's a big name. And, yeah. mm-hmm. he, he fixed Avengers. Like he, We wanted to be more like Avengers. Well, this guy's not cool with Marvel anymore. We can, we can snatch him on in. Mm-hmm. But you know what they meant when they said we want it to be more like Avengers? It's like we want it to make a billion dollars. <laughs> That's what they yeah. really meant. <laughs> yeah. They had no idea about anything else in terms of story or characters or, you know, whatever the heck. It's well, they like, would trust yeah. him because at that point, like, wouldn't you? Like, not only was he known as being that, but he, even before that, like, he was a script doctor. Yeah. Like, he had, it's he, not like he came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he made, he finally got his quote unquote just do. Avengers and then Avengers 2 which you know he is a depressing movie you can see it on a film he didn't no one was happy making that film but um but he was also purported to be a feminist at that point yeah he wear t-shirts and stuff and then you and you find out I was like oh no you was trash the whole time trash the whole time well and then as it turns out people were a lot happier watching the Avengers (laughs) than they were were making yeah you know and people were happier watching the Avengers than they were watching Justice League, unfortunately. But they were happier making Justice League than they had been making. <laughs> that might be worth it. Here's the yeah. question I have for you guys. Is it scary or over? What? Is he done with Hollywood? Is his career over? No one's ever done. Oh, Snyder? No. No. Whedon. Uh, no. Oh, Whedon? Yeah. You no know what? Ever. Whedon oh, is man, still a Woody white Allen man. is still freaking yeah, working. Whedon, Thank you. You know? It's like... Man, so... The, the well, likelihood that his career is over is very low unless he pisses off the wrong people. You know, he'll get to do something. I mean, Harvey Weinstein is not in jail. How so, about that? Well, yeah, yeah Woody he's... Allen can't get his stuff made now. But yeah, I'll, I just think, you know, Weedy can wait this out and then he'll do a mea culpa and then he'll, he'll work on something. Yeah, because he makes money. He makes money. So that it, like like Julian said, they'll wait till it dies down, and then they'll put him out there to make money. Well, and I, I think it's important to recognize that even though things are, I, I, I dare say, beginning to change, um, you know, it, it we still haven't seen the necessary changes to the landscape that require, well, that that lead to true accountability. So I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank our panelists and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. You can check your local listings to find out when and where you can view in your area. Or you can simply go to our website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got all the episodes. We've got 
individual segments broken out. We've got episodes of the radio show. We've got everything you need right there. And of course, the show also re-airs each and every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. right here on WERA. We're, we're also available as a podcast. We're on all the platforms where podcasts are available thanks to our friends over at the Great Geek Refuge. And of course, make sure you come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend, people.